time and give them a hand clap of praise. Can we shout with the voice of triumph in this place tonight? Yes, Lord. to greet my friend Shane Hancock. Uh, it's a good friend of mine and I'm so glad that I, I'm actually originally from California and then we moved after Bible school, got married and moved to Florida and then five years ago we ended up here in Ohio and people ask me all the time, why did you come to Ohio? And I said, only God. But that's all right, because it has been so wonderful. The Ohio district here is uh, the greatest district I know. So if there's one greater out there, I don't know it yet. But I love the Ohio district, and I've got to rub shoulders with uh, Shane in the youth committee. And I'm still on the youth committee, and I miss him. So he's old. <laughs> I feel old. I, I, I was just with my nephews in Florida, and every word they say is, bro, bro, you got to look at this, bro. And I was like, did I sound like that? When, <laughs> when I was their age, I think I did, because bro was big in California. And so I'm like, man, I'm glad I, I grew out of that. <laughs> so maybe we're both old. Well, I'm excited because God has given me a word for you this uh, tonight. And I can tell that some of you are already ready for what God has for you tonight. And there's some that are going to experience something you did not expect to experience tonight. But nevertheless, you are going to experience it tonight. As we were in Florida here this past month, God did so many great miracles. And just to name a couple, uh, there were several people that had TMJ. And uh, one lady, she said, I've been wanting to eat a cheeseburger for so long. And she said, I can't open my mouth to eat the cheeseburger. And, and she said, you prayed for me. And this afternoon, I was able to eat my cheeseburger. So if you, if you have TMJ, God wants to heal you. And then another gentleman, he raised his hand and he said, I, I have a testimony. Can I, can I tell my testimony of what happened this morning? And, and so we said, come on, tell your testimony. And, and he said, when I came here, I had a torn tendon in my shoulder and I've had it for about three years. And the doctor diagnosed me about two years ago. And he said, I, I haven't had movement in my shoulder for such a long time. And the bicep has actually shrunk in the muscles. Uh, he just hasn't had the strength that he's had. And he said, when when you prayed for me he said the pain is gone and he has full movement in his his arm and just three weeks ago or actually just last week I got a call from the pastor and and he said I asked him is that guy you know is is he still doing all right and and he said actually he just called me out this Wednesday he said pastor you got to come out to my car and he said pastor look I can open my trunk of the car, his hatchback. He said, I was not able to do this before. And he said, I'm healed completely. If you have torn ligaments, God can heal you. He can heal anything. He said, by his stripes, 
we are healed. And if you need healing, it is here for you to partake. There was an article, and if you want to turn in your scriptures to Matthew chapter 9, I'm not going to read it yet, but if you want to turn there, Matthew chapter 9. But there was an article written about this couple that had been married for over 50 years. And this was several years ago now. But as the person that was conducting the interview asked them, what was the secret to your marriage? They began to, the lady spoke up. She said, I can answer that real quick. She said, we lived in a time where with, if something was broke, we didn't throw it away, but we just fixed it. And I'm here today to declare to you, you might feel like it's time to throw it away. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your relationship with God. Maybe it's a friendship. Let me tell you, if you begin to pray and begin to intercede before God and begin to press, it's not time to throw in the towel, but it's time to just continue to pray, God, fix these broken things. Restore what is broken. Restore what is lost. I'm not going to quit just because it seems harder. It seems in, that it's already been destroyed, but God can restore what has been broken. So if it's a marriage, if it's a friendship, if it's a job, it doesn't matter. God wants to restore it here tonight. There was a, a, a book written called Prayer by Verbal Bean, and he says it this way. He says, your prayers are like buying a suit at the tailor that you can't afford. And he said, as you begin to tell the tailor, I, I can't buy it all today, but I'll, can I make payments? And, and he said, your prayer is kind of like this, that as you go to the tailor and you make payments and you walk out of the tailor and you don't get to take the suit with you, but he said, if you will be consistent and faithful in going back and making those payments, he said, one day you will walk out with the suit and possess it. And there your prayers are kind of the same way that you, you might not walk out of church with it sometimes or you might not walk out of the prayer room but it's not time to stop praying it's not time to just quit praying but it's time to just say I'm going to be faithful in my prayer I'm going to bring it before God every single service I don't care if you've been praying for 10 years you continue to pray because you don't know when you will pay off those your prayers might just pay off and you will be healed and you'll walk out of that service or that prayer room with your miracle. Amen. I believe with all my heart that it takes one word from the master and everything can change. Anybody believe that? Just one word. Just one touch. And it could all be different. If the master just begins to speak... The storm can cease. I believe that with all my heart. But tonight, God is wanting you to approach him in a different aspect tonight. And in Matthew chapter 9, we're going to see this aspect. It says, while he spoke these things, verse 18, while he spoke these things 
To them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hands on her, and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for twelve years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter, your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. I want to preach to you on this thought tonight. Will you touch him? Will you touch him? Can we pray and just ask God to give us revelation and understanding of what he has for us tonight? Father, I thank you for what you have done through this worship service. I thank you that we can come and worship you freely. But Father, I'm asking now that you would open our hearts and minds to receive revelation and understanding of your word tonight. Uh, anoint my lips uh, that I might speak your word the way you would need me to. God, I pray you would give me boldness to declare it the way you want me to. I give you all the glory and all the honor for everything you will do tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This woman, who we often call the woman with the issue of blood, she had come to a place where she had tried everything. And she had heard the stories of this man, Jesus. She did not know who Jesus was, but she just had heard stories that he healed the sick and the lame and the blind and, and even the dead would be raised from this man, Jesus. And so she thought to herself, I've tried everything else. Uh, I might as well try this. And she had made up her mind, if only I can touch the hem of his garment, I know I can be made well. And and so many people want to approach Jesus and say, Jesus, come touch me. Come pray for my uh, daughter or come pray for this situation. Or, Pastor, would you come anoint my family? And, and I'm not saying any of that's wrong. That's good. You, we need to do that at times. But I'm trying to get you to understand a different aspect on how God wants you to approach him tonight. And so many people are looking for Jesus to speak the word. And so many people are looking for Jesus to do the work. But this woman, she had made up her mind, I am going to touch him. If he's not coming to me, then I'm going to go to him. If, if he's not heading my direction, that's okay because I'm going to go in his direction. And so we need to make up our mind. I don't care if pastor lays hands on me. I don't care if the evangelist comes and lays hands on me. I'm going to touch Jesus tonight. And when I touch him, I know I will be healed. I know that the situation will be better. I know my job is going to be better. I know my marriage is going to be better. I know my relationships are going to be better. I know the depression will begin to leave me when I touch the master. And you need to begin to make up your mind tonight uh, that I will touch him. Amen. There are two people in this text. And one, she needed, she was a 12-year-old girl that needed healing. 
And the second was a, a lady that had the 12-year-old issue of blood. Both needs are great. Both needs are important. But the approach was completely different. One man came to Jesus and said, come to my house and touch my daughter, and I know she will be made well. But the other, the woman just said, if I can touch him, I will be made well. And so I'm not discouraging one or the other, but what I'm saying is, for you tonight, someone needs to make up your mind, I will touch him. I'm going to touch him tonight, and I'm not leaving here tonight until I've touched the master. So as Jesus answered the man and he said, okay, I'm going to go to your house. The lady with the issue of blood, as she began to say, I must touch his, the hem of his garment and I know I will be made well. She pushed through the crowd. She struggled. And no doubt I could just imagine this situation where she begins to get close to Jesus and the crowd is just tighter and tighter and, and maybe because she's weak she just begins to fall and I could see her maybe looking through someone's legs and, and saying oh if I could only touch the hem of his garment I, I know I'll be made well and so I could just see her reaching through the crowd on her knees reaching for that hem and as she touched the hem of his garment we know that virtue left Jesus and she was healed. Someone tonight uh, you need to press through your situation. You need to press through that depression or that anxiety and you need to just make it to the altar and you need to say I'm going to touch him tonight regardless. I don't care what it costs me. I will touch him. So that's Matthew's perspective. If you've never done this I encourage you. Begin in the gospels. Read each account in each gospel. So let's look at Mark's account in Mark chapter 5 and verse 25. It says, So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. If you don't know what thronged means, because I didn't really understand what that meant, so I had to look it up. What does thronged mean? And since I've been in Bible school, I know what that means, but... If you don't know what that means, you just got to study a little bit. But I'm going to tell you what it means now. It just means people were pressing in around them. How many's ever been to a concert or maybe, maybe an amusement park and you're in line and there's just so many people and they're pressing against you and you're like, just wait your turn. Okay, we're all in line for the same thing. Oh, yes, Black Friday at Walmart. When I first moved here, when I first moved here from Florida, we went to the first, it was when Thursday, you know, Thursday was just a brand new thing. And because we're crazy, we just decided, hey, why don't we go on Thursday night after we eat a bunch of turkey? So we get there, and literally, I never seen this before, but a lady ran someone over with their cart. <laughs> I mean, people were really fighting, and I never experienced this, but Ohio, people are crazy. <laughs> so I, I'm just, but yes, pastor's right. Black Friday, this is, it's kind of like Black Friday. So this lady, she was trying to get Jesus, and people were thronging Jesus. 
It says, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. Now, if you've ever been sick with anything serious, you've probably been to the doctor and you have this testimony. I've been to the doctor and I've suffered more because of it. Because they don't seem to do anything that helps me. And this is where this woman was. And she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. For she heard about Jesus and she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of this affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him turned around in the crowd and said who touched my clothes but his disciples said to him you see the multitude thronging you and you say who touched me and so in in Mark's account it's very a lot more descriptive and so as he says as Jesus as she touched the hem of Jesus Jesus asked who touched me and because the disciples were there and they said, I don't know, Jesus, we're all probably touching you, but it wasn't me. I want you to understand this. Jesus knows exactly who touched him. Yeah. Jesus said, who touched me? And if you, uh, in another account, Peter says, I actually, I, it wasn't me. It says they denied it. And so as they denied it, I, I don't ever want to be in the presence of God. And I don't ever want to touch him and say, oh, I didn't touch you, Jesus. I did not come to church with the heart of a spectator like they were there. And the, the disciples and all the other people that were thronging Jesus, the reason they denied touching Jesus is because they weren't requesting a miracle. They weren't requesting anything. They were there to spectate what Jesus was about to do at this man's house. And so Jesus knows exactly who touches him. If you have come here with the spectator's heart, or if you have come here with the heart of expectation that when I come and I pray, I'm going to touch the master and virtue is going to leave heaven. God knows if you have come and you are praying with expectation that virtue is supposed to leave heaven and come into this place. I'm here to declare to you someone needs to come to this altar with a heart of expectation and say, God, I might have come here depressed, but I'm going to leave this altar and I'm going to be set free. I'm going to actually be able to sleep well tonight. Uh, I might have come here with some marriage problems, but after I pray at this altar, my life's going to be different. Uh, I might have come here with some problems with my children, but I'm going to leave here and I'm going to be a better parent. Uh, you might have come here with some type of addiction, but you need to come to this altar and you need to say, God, uh, I came to this altar an addict uh, of some sword, but I'm going to leave here set free. I'm not going to leave here bound. You need to come with a heart of expectation because when you pray, God knows if your heart is full of expectation or if it's a heart of a spectator. Who touched me? Jesus wanted to know because he really knew who touched him. 
because power left him. So let's go on to Luke chapter 8. In verse 43, it says, Now a woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And then it says, and Jesus said, who touched me? And then here's where I said in the other account, it says, when all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out from me. He knows who touched him. Now I want to just back up to the verse where it says, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. Now you need to understand, if you're going to read the scripture with better understanding, you need to understand in Jewish culture, it was the law that if you were bleeding, you had to put yourself away. You weren't supposed to be out in public bleeding. And so with this woman, with the issue of blood, she was actually, she understood, hey, I'm not supposed to be here. But I'm not, I don't care because this is, I've tried everything else uh, and I need to try this Jesus. Uh, so if I can just touch him, that's okay. It, I'm dying anyways. Uh, what do I have to lose? And so she made up her mind, I don't care if I have to bleed my way to Jesus, then I'm going to touch him. And someone here tonight, you might come to this altar, you might have come to this service, and you might feel like, oh, I'm just too tired to get involved in the worship. I don't feel like it tonight. I just, I'm just dealing with so much right now. I don't care what you're dealing with. Like the woman with the issue of blood, she bled her way to Jesus. You need to Bleed your way to this altar if you have to. You need to, you need to get yourself off your seat and you need to find a way to make it to the altar. It doesn't matter if people criticize you all the way there because you shouldn't be there. It doesn't matter. What matters is I must touch the master. I must touch the master. Amen. Some of you might be here already that you, you already know. I shouldn't, I shouldn't even be here. God brought me out of such a mess. And you might be here and you might be thinking, my life is a mess. That's okay. If you will make up your mind tonight, uh, I need to get to that altar so I can touch the master. That's all I need. I don't need to lay hands on you. I don't need to pray a special prayer over you. All you have to do is make up your mind. I will touch him. So immediately her flow of blood stopped. There are moments where as soon as you pray the prayer, you're going to feel immediate release. And I feel like that spirit is here tonight. You need something right now. 
You have come here with a right now need. This can't wait. Uh, my marriage can't wait. Uh, this addiction can't wait. Uh, these sorrows can't wait. This depression can't wait because I'm thinking about suicide. This can't wait. Uh, this something so urgent here tonight. Uh, you need to make up your mind. I'm not waiting any longer, but I'm going to get off my seat uh, and I'm going to go to that altar and I'm going to touch the master because as soon as I do, I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be changed. I'm going to be set free. Immediately, her flow of blood stopped. The, the second thing I want to pull out here is it said that I perceived, Jesus said this, somebody touched me for I perceive power going out from me. And I want to kind of go back. If you touch Jesus with a heart of expectation, I dare to say you cannot touch God with a heart of expectation and power not leave heaven. If you pray and you seek God with the heart of expectation, if you're worshiping God with the heart of expectation, then you can expect the power of God to fall. Because I dare to say that you cannot touch the master and power not leave him. Does someone believe that tonight? And then the, this last part here, it says, Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. I want you to understand this, is that nobody told her how to approach Jesus. Nobody told her that if she would touch the hem of his garment that she would be made well. And I'm not trying to say that it's blind faith. or I'm not trying to say you can just make up your own imagination stuff. But what I am saying is if you will have the faith that God can do it when you step out in faith... It doesn't matter if someone told you to do it or not. I, don't, I shouldn't have to come or pastor shouldn't have to come or a, a word from heaven shouldn't have to be spoken audibly and say, you must do it this way. But if you would have the faith and just say, hey, when I step out of my seat, as soon as my foot hits the altar area, I'm going to feel power leave heaven. You can come to the altar with that experience. Uh, or you can be at the grocery store and you can just say, hey, nobody told me to do it this way, but I'm just going to pray for this person. I see that they, they have a need. Just Sometimes you're looking at Walmart and everybody just looks like they have a need, but... But you can be at the grocery store and you can say, hey, I see they have a need just physically. And you can go up to them. Hey, nobody told me to do this. Uh, they're not even asking me to do this. But I just have faith that when we touch the master together, there's going to be a miracle. There's going to be power that leaves heaven. And so you need to understand, it's not just somebody laying hands on you or, or following a set direction. But you need to have faith that God can do exceedingly exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or think. There's another scripture says that cast down every imagination or, or every argument. 
It was brought to my attention by an elder that that word imagination or that word argument there is referring to uh, uh, earthly thinking or carnalistic thinking. And so it brought light to me when, it, when I come to Jesus that he could do exceedingly above all that I could ask or think. I need to cast off how he can do it with my humanistic way of thinking, with my carnal way of thinking. I need to just trust God that he can do exceedingly above all that we could ask or think. Amen. Now, if you've ever had a financial need, And I admit I've done this before. So if you've done it before, don't feel embarrassed. But I've needed a financial need before. And I've just gone to the mailbox and just thought, hey, it'd be cool if there was a check for a million dollars in here. And that's my humanistic way of thinking. That's my carnal mind saying, hey, I, you know, it'd be nice if it could happen this way. But we don't expect it to happen. I wanted to pay off my car. How many want to pay off your car? Some of us. Or some of you might not have a car payment. That's good. But I wanted to pay off my car. And my wife and I as evangelists, we tried to get rid of all our debt. And I could stand before you right now and say I'm debt free. Thank you, Jesus. But as I begin to preach a message up in Michigan that God began to say prophesy to our future after service. My wife said, okay, we're going to prophesy that by December our cars are going to be paid off. I said, okay. And so as we begin to speak that and pray that, I was expecting the miracle to come a certain way. And so we get to preach at this church I get a call a week later from the pastor. He didn't know anything. I had never told him anything. But he just said, hey, what's, wh where are you at right now? He said, what's the address? Where can I send? I want to write a check for you to pay off your car. How much do I need to send you? And I was like, wow. And my wife and I, we just started crying that this is going to happen by December. And that was one of our cars. And we had two cars. And so as... We got excited. Hey, one car's paid off. It's in November. We got one month to pay off the other one, and we don't have the money to do it. But if God can do this, then he could do it again. And so as I got back to Ohio, I was driving, and there was some ice on the road, and I totaled the car that got paid off. And I said, God, this is not how it's supposed to happen. And after some prayer and after talking to my pastor, if you don't talk to your pastor when things happen to you, uh, I urge you, you need to. I talked to my pastor. I said, Pastor, I don't know what to do. God said we were going to be debt free. But, well, we spoke it that we're going to be debt free by December. And now I have to buy another car and I don't know what I'm going to do. And he said, well, let's, let's think about this. Let's pray about this and make a long story short. It was through that accident that the money that came in from the accident, I ended up salvaging the car, fixing it, and the money from the check that was from the insurance company paid off the second car. Now, that is not how I imagined this to happen.
But I did have faith that he would do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I were ask or think. And so, with that in mind, I just trust God. If something seems like it it's not good and it happened to you, just begin to say, God, I trust you that the result uh, is going to be exactly what I need. And so when you have faith that he will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or think, just trust him to do it, no matter what way, even if it's through an accident. Well, I don't want the accident to happen, but if that's the way you're going to do it, Lord, then I'll accept that and I will be expecting that this will take place. So it said that in him, the presence of all the people, the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. If the musicians will come, I'm almost done. But it says here, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. Now, I want to say this. You cannot touch the master and leave without having peace. You cannot come in the presence of God and leave with fear, with doubt, with anxiety, with depression, you cannot. If you come into the presence of God and you touch him and virtue leaves heaven and power comes to you, you will leave with peace that passes all understanding. You cannot leave the presence of God without peace. And so as you come to this altar tonight, you will leave with peace that you did not come here with. You might have come here with anxiety about some situation but it doesn't matter if you will come and touch him you will leave here with peace tonight is there anybody that will just admit I need some peace in my life I need peace in my life. Uh, if you're a parent, you definitely need some peace in your life. If you're married, you need peace in your life. Uh, if you work a stressful job, you need peace in your life. Uh, it doesn't make you bad. It doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It just means you need to make sure that you touch the master. It just means you need to make sure that you're always being in the presence of the Lord because you can't leave his presence without peace. The last thing I want to say and I'll be done. Can you go back to the title slide? Maybe. Oh, okay, I was looking at that screen. If you see there, she's touching the hem of his garment. Those little tassels on the end of his garment, the garment's called a tallit, and it's the shawls that the rabbis wear. And those little things there are called seat seats. And if you understand the Jewish culture, that the rabbi those seat seats wrapped 
represent the authority that the rabbi is working in. And so if you sat under a certain rabbi and you became a rabbi yourself, you would put on those, the seat seats that would represent who you were trained under. And so Jesus being God, his authority is himself. And so those seat seats represent the power of God, literally. And we can kind of see this in the Old Testament with Saul and Samuel. Because when Saul disobeyed God and made sacrifices and, and with King Agag and did things that he shouldn't have done and took things into his own hands that the priest should have been doing, Samuel approached him and said, you sinned against God and you disobeyed God. And, and he said, I'm not going to be a part of this anymore. And Saul began to beg for his forgiveness. And he said, forgive me of my sin. And the prophet began to turn away and walk the other direction. And as he was walking away, it says that Saul tore the garment of the priest, of Samuel. And in Jewish thought, it's to, said that he ripped the seat seat off of the garment. And so... We could kind of understand when you rip the, Saul ripped the authority of God out of his life. And because of that, he was now no longer, the rest of his family, his, his uh, heirs, they would not serve as king. But God said, I must find a man with a heart after my own. And so this woman, she did not know all the tradition. She just knew who Jesus was. Uh, she had heard the stories. She said, I just need to touch him. And she did not know when she touched the hem of his garment, she was literally touching the power of God. And so you cannot come to this altar and you cannot touch God without leaving here with power you did not possess when you came. You, someone needs to get up out of their seat you need to make up your mind I want to possess something I did not come here with can we stand my altar call is this if we could just if you can physically come, would you come to this altar? If you can physically come here, would you come to this altar? Someone is going to leave here changed tonight. Someone is going to leave here possessing a promise you did not come here with. Is there anybody that's just brave enough to say, I need something from God? Some of us. If you're going to touch the master, you cannot be afraid to say, I don't care who's looking. I don't care who's watching. Yes, I need a touch from the master. And I don't care if he's coming my direction. I'm going to touch him. I'm going to make up my mind. I'm here to touch the master.
So my altar call, is there anybody that needs healing? Anybody that needs healing? If you need healing, just come, come as close as you can. If you need the Holy Ghost for the first time with evidence of other tongues, I want you to come to this altar. touch him tonight together we're going to touch him tonight is there anybody that's made your mind up I'm going to touch him I'm not going to leave here until I've touched the throne of God until I've touched the hem of his garment until I've literally touched the power of God in my life I want to leave here possessing promise I, I want to leave here possessing victory I want to leave here Okay, this is what I want us to do. If you need anything from God, I want you just to lift your hand. We're going to practice that. We can all lift our hands. This is, this is a position of receiving. We're going to receive something from God. Okay, you can, you can put your hand down. I want you to begin to speak and have faith like the woman with the issue of blood did. Now, again, I'm not saying the other way, the other approach is wrong. But God is wanting you to step out of your comfort zone and touch him tonight. Sometimes he withholds his touch from you because he's wanting you to touch him. I've prayed prayers before and it felt like my prayers just hit the ceiling and fall back down. And I just say, God, why? Why am I experiencing this? And he's conditioning me to say, how desperate am I for this touch? How desperate am I for his presence? Because he's wanting to see that sometimes. He's wanting to see your desire. So when, we, when it's time, we're going to lift our hands, but you're going to need to desire it. You need to make up your mind. I want to leave here with my healing. I want to leave here with the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I want to leave here with my blessing. I want to leave here with peace I did not come here with. So let's pray right now. When I pray the prayer of faith uh, and we lift our hands. I, I'm going to count to three, but I want us to shout hallelujah as loud as we can. And when we do, I want you just to begin worshiping however you want to. Worship with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Worship with everything you have. Can we pray right now? Father, the power of the word of God. Jesus, uh, Jesus, uh, I lose faith uh, into the atmosphere here. I lose faith uh, into the lives of everyone here as we have come with the heart of expectation that when we come to touch you, virtue will leave heaven. And we have come here with that expectation tonight. We have come here with expectation that when we praise you, when we touch you, we'll be healed. When we praise you, when we touch you, we'll receive the Holy Ghost. Uh, by the authority of the Word of God, in the power of the name of Jesus, uh, I lose faith right now. One, two, three. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I worship you, Jesus. Come on, that's it. Give them everything you have. In the name of Jesus, be healed. 
Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There was a time where Israel was living in the promise. They were in the promised land. But it says the Midianites and the people of the east that were as numerous as the sands of the sea came and overtook them. And the children of Israel ended up living in caves. But yet they were still in the promised land. Someone might feel like somehow I possess the promise, but I don't feel like I possess it anymore. See, Israel, they were in the promised land, but they were no longer possessing their promise. Midian and the Amalekites and the people of the east were. And so you might feel like that tonight, but I want to pray one more time. If you feel this way, I want that weight to be lifted. I want you to begin saying, God, let me possess my promise once again. It, some enemy might have overtook you. You might have found yourself in the trap of the enemy. But all that re is required is you, if it's your fault, you just say, God, I realize I made a mess for myself. Forgive me. I want to possess my promise again. And you know what he does? He just comes in and he snatches it out of the enemy's hands and he puts it in your hands again. It's that simple. So can we do that one more time before we're before I finish completely? Can we just pray those prayers of repentance? And then I'm going to pray that you would be loose to possess your promise. Can we do that right now? All of us. Father, I thank you for what you've done here right now. But I'm praying. I'm asking. God, I pray that you forgive me of all my sins. God, I pray that you make me right with you. I want to be right with you, Lord. I want to be right with you. If I've thought any wrong thoughts, I want to have forgiveness for those thoughts. If I've seen something I shouldn't have looked at, I want your forgiveness. I want to possess my promise. Father, I lose faith for these people to possess their promise one more time that they would be in control of the promise that you have given them let their leave let them leave here with power let them leave here possessing strength let them leave here possessing their anointing let them leave here possessing their promise in the name of Jesus let it be done let it be done let it be done, it be done. come on now begin worshiping him begin thanking him begin praising him for possessing your promise thank you lord thank you god thank you for the promise thank you for my strength thank you for my provision thank you jesus thank you
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Appreciate the word of the Lord, don't you? Hallelujah. Shake hands with someone. No service Wednesday, but there will be choir practice. Potatoes.